T-minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Tower cleared. Here we got a roll program. And as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. Today on the podcast, I present an interview that was done by the Winnipeg UFO group a little while back. This is a group that I and uh, Mark Olson began a number of years ago. Mark is still now running the group. And um, the interview today is with Mark Leon, who's a friend of uh, Mark Olson. I believe this is the only interview that I know that Mark Leon has ever done. He's a big businessman out of uh, New Jersey. He was involved in a number of uh, paranormal cases and experiences, including the very controversial Stan Romack case. Um, I was involved in the Stan Romana case right from the start when John Schusler and uh, Zeeler, who was the director of MUFON at the time, um, showed me the original um, video when I was in the Denver area. So what you're going to hear on this is um, what was called the Audrey phone calls, which is an amazing story that most people have never heard, the behind-the-scenes story of the Audrey phone calls. A lot of people were getting these. Mark Leon um, stated, as you'll hear on the in the interview, there were so many of these Audrey phone calls that uh, he was preparing to do a book on these uh, calls. So enjoy this interview. It's uh, it's a rare one, and it provides a lot of background stories that people really haven't heard. So enjoy. <laughs> That's Mark Olson. What can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. We've got the New Jersey attitude and you got the Winnipeg attitude. Yeah. They're very similar. Okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do oh, I was I was telling do your thing. I was telling Brad the other day that as soon as the border opens I'm gonna be up in uh, Winnipeg for three months doing all the, the research oh. and the finding stuff and uh, channeling and so take my time there. Does anyone know um, where this uh, First Nations um, uh, near West Hawk Lake? There's, I think it's called Fox something. And yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a place that um, there's a, there's the public side of that mark, and then there is a a point where I have to talk to a uh, First Nations elder and Mitzi. That was on the tour as well for Mitzi. Oh, as well as I would well. love to go on that. Absolutely yeah. love. It. Okay, well, I guess that means another free lunch for Brad then, eh, Mark? Has <laughs> anything changed, Brad? Uh, in two years, I'll be buying you lunches, dude. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I bet you are. I, I can eat. I know I can eat. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be videotaping in about a minute, so anybody who doesn't want to be 
uh, on the videotape, you can turn your picture off and please turn the, your audio off because we will have two important people speaking. And it is now 7 o'clock and I will be recording. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Mitzi. Yep. And, we got, and when we start recording, our guest actually disappears. <laughs> no, and Grant says hi to everyone. I know he just didn't get taken, but he, he just—he probably went to the washroom. No, it happened. Anyways, Mark, Mark Leon from New Jersey and Pennsylvania. How are you? I'm very well. Very happy to be here. Well, I'm, I'm glad you could attend. That, uh, a few days ago, we we sort of. You called me just out of the blue. I was looking for somebody who I really wanted to actually do, and those 15 people couldn't make it, but you could. <laughs> Anyways, Mark and I go back go back about 10 years, and uh, we've uh, become very good friends, and uh, you know we've, uh, we've experienced some very unique things. We're going to have a fun night tonight. Tonight's going to be... A night that uh, I guess Mitzi, when we get people that if you can keep an eye on the uh, on the on the uh, what I call it chat side of things. So if people want to come in and and ask some questions, um, we would like to have some more interactivity going on here. Uh, Mark's a very interesting soul. Uh, we've we've had some incredible experiences together, and uh, he's also been very experienced with and connected to this genre. Uh, I'm not sure how long have you been connected to, let's say, to the UFOs. And well, you know, I, I've been I've been interested my my whole life. I mean, I you know I started out uh, reading Whitley Strieber's work, and you know, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I've been I've been interested, but it, it didn't really start. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it really kind of kicked in when I when I uh, decided to uh, to become a publisher and publish you know some of this. Some some works and actually then make I met you and I met all kinds of people at the at the events and events that I held. Um, so I think like 2010 was when things like just really started to take off, right? In, in the ET world, yeah. I started um, coming to the UFO Congress and uh, the first guy I met there was a guy named Rick Nelson, who uh, dragged me over to your table where you were working with the Romanets. Uh, selling their books and that sort of thing. You were their, uh, I guess, uh, you're their publisher. Yeah. And which is a very interesting side, which we'll get into later. It's a, That's certainly a field that uh, a lot of people don't know about you. And actually, as a part of being a part of this genre, you've been a big person in influencing and allowing people to learn and educate themselves more on what's going on out there. So it's that'll be an interesting part of our night. As, as you and I met... Um, we were talking a little bit off air before we started recording. Um, you know, there are people that you have, there are friends you have a real, you know, real nice connection with. You enjoy getting together with them. But when you and I met, it was like an instantaneous bond. And I think a lot of these people in this genre have these interconnectivity. We met obviously for a purpose, for a particular reason. But I, I'd say that uh, you know, I felt very close to you ever since we, we even call each other brothers uh, since we've met. And we did it almost immediately. Yeah, it was interesting. And yeah. it's not an unusual thing in the genre. The people get very close. I mean, there's uh, the people who are here tonight and uh, the people we have you know, every month. Um, there's a reason why we're all here. And I, I think they all feel it. They're all interested. 
they want to learn more. They want you know some more experiences. Here's some stuff. Maybe have a few laughs. Um, learn something uh, you know new, which is which hopefully tonight we'll be able to introduce some some very interesting things. But um, a lot of a lot of the friends that we've we've come out, they seem that you know it's seven years ago since the first time I went to the UFO Congress, and and I'm still connected to a lot of those people. And well, it's remarkable, and I, I think we, we've, we've talked about this uh, actually probably quite a bit, where, you know, we were, we both come from a business background, yeah. and, you know, kind of a conservative business background, you know, and and, um, and where, where you know, I always thought that these, you know, these conventions would be like, you know, tinfoil hat, you know, <laughs> things, where, you know, almost like a, like a, you know, a Trekkie convention, you know, like Comic-Con or something, and... Yeah. And you know, I think we both talked about this because I know you were you were you know thinking the same thing, but yet I mean it was you know I was so pleasantly surprised on my first um, experience because man I met some really interesting, brilliant, high level folks that um, you know that I'm still connected to you know I mean it's not like you and others that I that I still you know that that I've bonded with so it was nothing like what I had thought it would be. I have to agree with you 100%. When I went there, the Dudding Thomas, the aluminum foil hats, that kind of thought process was yeah. there. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of good, interesting speakers. And at the end of uh, that per first year, uh, I got into not listening to the speakers and sitting with people outside who were not in listening to the speakers and asking them the question, so why are you here? And, I mean, you hear the most amazing stories why these people are all connected. Uh, many many different genres from people say, you know, when I was 16, I was driving along this highway and saw this thing pass over top to people that fly craft. I mean, it's, it really is quite amazing. So yeah, this, the conferences are, I'd really advise people to go out and try, pick one that they like to try and uh, go there with an open mind and look to meet people of like-mindedness, hear what they got to say, ask lots of questions, listen a lot. And I think you can pick up a lot. Hopefully we'll be able to do that in person again someday. Yeah, I really do. I think that's, we're really missing out on that. And you know how yeah. that is such a positive influence on all of us, and how it's even affected us from that perspective. Mm -hmm. um, also, one of the things is through what we've done um, that, that I want to get into is the, uh, the we thought we were just like this talking one time and we said, well, we should get together. And you invited me out to the cottage and we, uh, uh, to your cottage in Pennsylvania. And then we had Grant Cameron. Yeah. What's that? Which is where I am right now. Yeah, which is, which I can say, it looks a beautiful place with a gorgeous lake right up in front um, and lots of great stories. We had uh, Peter Robbins, Grant Cameron, Chris Bledsoe, Tim Taylor, you and I. And that was really, that's, I mean, in today's world, I don't know, a lot of people know who those people are, but uh, Randerson Forest, I think Tim wrote a book I think on that. I well, he was, he was just, you know, it's interesting because I think Grant, Grant brought him and, uh, and he was, I mean, he was right in the middle of his experiences. I mean, so we really got an earful about what was going on with, with his experiences. I mean, just some unbelievable stuff. Right. So, uh, I don't yeah. know whether the, I don't think he, I don't know whether he's making a movie or it has been, I don't think it's been made. Wasn't he, wasn't he in the process of making... Actually, I think you're thinking of Chris Bledsoe. That was Chris Bledsoe. Bledsoe, yeah. Bledsoe, yeah. yeah. Bledsoe I, you know, I'm not sure. Actually, Grant's on here uh, today. Um, 
I see, at least I see his name here as somebody in watching, but uh, um, Bledsoe, I believe, has a movie deal, and they're working on it plus a book, so um, Chris is a very interesting guy, and <laughs> uh, connected to uh, a massive group, and uh, you, he, uh, these orbs attend his place all the time, which he takes videos of. Trees burn right in front of him. Uh, and people coming there actually witness these things up front and center. So it's it's he's got he's had an incredible experience. But you're right, we were right at the front end of his uh, experience. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I met uh, I met Peter Robbins actually in New York. Somebody had mentioned him and that he does tours and stuff like that. Um, and then I found out how connected he was to the UFO groups, and that was just like meeting an old friend and getting through and walking through most of New York together. And, and had been a couple of nights where we sat around and had some dinner and talked about stuff till nearly midnight every night. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And then so Tim Taylor. So Grant uh, turned his mic on if you wanted to ask him a question. Hi, Grant. Grant. Well, you know, I think um, I should have been more specific. I'm Grant McPhail. I, I forgot there was a famous... <laughs> There was a famous uh -huh. grant. I'm I'm a uh, I'm a more infamous grant. Oh, you, there you go. You can ask questions too, if you want. Well, there's I another will. grant on here too. Yeah. So. People okay. would rather get grants than bills. That's an honor old grant. That one. That's funny. Well, there's the other grant. There's the other grant. Grant Cameron, are you here? Turn your turn your mute off and uh, and come on in. Come on in if you're here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. How you doing, Grant? I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, kind of uh, excited to see the, the, the cottage there. It was quite the uh, cottage. Yeah, wasn't that something? That he actually built, right? Mark, you, yeah. you built the cottage. Yes, yes, I did. Wow. Grant, it's been a long time, my friend. How yeah. are you? It's been a while. It's been a while. I had, I had one question, and probably you can maybe deal with it a little bit later. I wanted to ask you about the, um, um, the phone calls. You were telling me when we was at the cottage about the phone calls, and you were yeah. going to do a book, and you never did. So you got the, quite quite the interesting story that I don't think anybody's ever heard. The Audrey no, phone calls. That's true. I, I never I never did. I, I started to it to do it, and you know life got in the way, and and uh, you know I I, I stopped uh, publishing. So so I kind of got you know I got out of that that world a little bit, not the ET world, but the publishing world. So so uh, so I kind of lost my contacts with publishing. But yeah, it was going to be uh, it was going to be called the Audrey Files. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know, uh, you know, the anyone who's connected or knows about the Stan Romanek case, you know, that these these Audrey calls were these anomalous um, phone calls that were from, uh, we figured, you know, after a few years, we figured out that they were coming from the hybrid females, um, primarily the oldest female of, of his progeny um, called Kioma. And we, we, um, we affectionately called uh, the the calls the Audrey calls because it would they use this very sophisticated text to speech program and um, uh, really sophisticated I mean much better than, than what they had uh, you know I'm, I'm sure now they might have something that's catching up to it but in 2010 this was very sophisticated um, and they, they used this text to speech program because their the females voices were extremely um, uh, hard to listen to. They they sounded like um, they sounded like three year olds with a two hundred and forty IQ. It was, it was <laughs> really seriously little squeaky high voice because they were they were largely uh, telepathic, so they didn't really use their their actual vocal cords. And 
you know, when we actually did hear them, one of them speak, we don't know which one actually spoke, but, but man, it was like, wow, this sounds like a two-year-old or a three-year-old. That's brilliant. You know, so, uh, so they used this text-to-speech program, which was in a high English um, female voice. So, um, but uh, this, this, um, this, these calls that we would get um, were, I mean, they, and they, they were, they, there were a lot of them. I mean, it wasn't just me getting them. Um, Stan, of course, had many of them, but anybody connected to Stan's case um, got an Audrey call, at least one. Yeah. Um, I think I had about 18 over the course of, uh, the, the, uh, of publishing a few of the books. Um, and it was, it was never about me. It was always about the, the, the work, you know, what to get this, to get the books um, uh, move forward, to, to, uh, to alert us to um, what they would call the opposition. You know, the opposition would be messing around, constantly messing with us, <laughs> trying to, to uh, derail the publishing. And, and I would get a message and they would, you know, they'd say, hey, look, some, something might happen tomorrow. You know, we, we think you should um, handle it this way. They never, they never said you must handle it this way. It was yeah. always a suggestion. But um, I really got to trust the information because it was, it was uh, not always correct, but most of the time it was correct. Uh, amazing stuff, yeah. And you, you, you told me about the two phones. Can you talk about that? That you had the the one phone. Whether they were actually phone on the on the on the one phone. They were. They would call on 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 my one cell phone, and the and I would actually the phone would be in my pocket, and I, you know, I could. Uh, I mean, I, it was my work my work phone. Um, but and I get calls from work, and I would you know. But when I got a call from from Audrey. Kioma, I, I would know it. I mean, it literally, when it buzzed in my pocket, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" And I get all excited because you know it's them. And I remember one time I had a I had a, a relatively tight pair of jeans on. I gained a little weight, you know, and I had a tight pair of jeans on. And the phone's ringing, and and uh, there's a few people, you know, in the room with me, and I'm dancing around trying to get the freaking phone out of my pocket, you know, and they're looking at me like. What on earth is he doing? You know, I'm thinking, trying to get that movie because if you know if I missed the call, you know, God knows they were, um, you know, the calls were uh, were spotty in the sense that they were they were calling uh, long distance, um, 1,305 light years away. So, uh, you know, yeah, what's so, quite a solar plant or cellular plant? And, and they would they would they would oh, if they had trouble, they would always. Uh, like a comment, like you know what what happened. Like we're so sorry, but you know your your son has tremendous solar flare activity today, and they would say it much more eloquently than that. But um, so do you have recordings of the Audrey calls? I do. I do have recordings. Um, I've got quite a few recordings actually of them. Um, would you like to hear one? Oh yeah, for sure. Because you, you have with you. I have one. I've got one that I can that I. Yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you, I've never. Have you heard them, Mark? I, I've heard. Yes, I have. Well, you, of course, you have. Yeah, but, Brent, you have too, right? No, I've never heard yours. I heard. I, I talked to Alejandro Rojas. He played his that that okay. Alejandro right. got, and then right, the one right. with, that Paula Harris got that she got one yeah. as well. So that's right. why I was thinking that it'd be interesting if you wrote this up because I don't think a lot of people realize what was going on in the background. Because they know sort of the surface story, but this thing in the background said, like, there's no way anybody's making this up. There's no way. There was so much, my God. So, you know, we were getting messed with pretty heavily throughout the process. And um, and so we were, you know, I would get these calls because I was, you know, knee deep in the, the publishing end of it. And, 
and um, um, one of the one of their favorite tactics. And they, you know, they never the DTs never named them. They would just call them the opposition. Um, so they would they would you know they would warn us. So um, uh, one thing that they did several times was they drive by, I guess, with a van or some you know some vehicle by by Stan's house. And they blast him with an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse, wow. to wipe out his, his electronics, wow. you know, to kind of slow slow us down a little bit. Um, so uh, so I um, uh, I had gotten a, a, a basically uh, it was a little late because they had tried to get me and and it had already happened. I think it had just happened, but they did they did try to warn me. But the the um, the cool thing about the I mean the whole call was cool, but the, the cool thing about the call is the day before I was in my car driving to work and I asked Audrey a question just out out loud in my car about a, a spiritual matter, and uh, and I, I kind of you know was hoping they would give me an answer. So at the end of the um, the warning basically and and the the heads up about the EMP, she she answers my question in a in an interesting way. Um, so I will, uh, I will play that. Um, hopefully I, you know, I've got this little recorder here. I used to actually literally put it up to the phone when they call. I knew they were, like I said, I would, I knew it was them calling. So I'd have this thing ready and I turned it on before I picked it up. And so let's see if I can actually, let's see if you guys can hear this. Okay. figure this out. I don't even know where my mic is on this thing. You're not hearing now. You can hear it now? It's better. At that. There you go. Perfect. Okay, let me let me start it over. Okay. So we went to the UFO Congress 
what year was this where we got called uh, in in 2013 I got an Audrey call um, different than most of the others it, it literally um, they, they asked me to uh, when I say they because they always said we so I, we were assuming that it was um, two of the hybrid females that we were dealing with the two the two older ones um, Suri and uh, Kioma and we, we never knew for sure although although we, we had um, reference a number of times and, and asked one of the other entities through Stan and would get confirmation that that uh, it was indeed Kioma and the other female um, so anyway I got a call uh, asking me to set up a, a, a meeting sooner rather than later uh, and uh, she, she proceeded to, to rattle off 21 names Mark Olson being one of the names um, you know uh, and uh, and to, to, uh, to assemble us in a, uh, a remote location because they had information for us so uh, so basically you know <laughs> I scream if, if I can just now yeah good, sure. talking about uh, uh, Stan and Lisa Romana, Jaime Masson, who is very famous in Mexico, uh, yeah. Oster Gamble, yeah. um, John Tremble, is it? Sample. 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 Leon Sprinkle. The, the, the producer of, of, uh, of uh, Stan Romanek's movie. Yes, right, exactly. Right. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, I thought give us some context to. Yeah. Who are these twenty people that were? So they're connected to this. Twenty, twenty-one. We well, there were twenty-one. There was one guy who couldn't make it from Ireland, but we had a guy from Australia came. The Mexican contingent came. The Canadian contingent came. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really pretty remarkable. Yeah, uh, and there was there was some you know there was some very cool stuff that happened. I think that the, one of the things that that really sticks in my mind was the. Um, uh, we, it was a two-day event. We had a um, uh, everybody arrived kind of Saturday, right, all day, and then Saturday night we had um, an event where I was going to um, do a PowerPoint presentation on some anomalous photographs that um, that a researcher and, uh, and and basically someone who was involved in the in the Romanek case, um, um, Stanislav Ojak. In 1973, he was doing this these lens cap on photographs, meaning he would he would literally take pictures of all kinds of things with the lens cap on, and we're talking about you know analog, basically film, and and um, probably about 10 percent of these he would get anomalous, what he called anomalous photographs, and he was at in 1973 was at a Seals and Crofts concert. And at the end of the concert, he, uh, you know, the concert was done, and they, they had the stage lights on, and it was pretty dark. He took one of these photographs, and it was probably the most anomalous uh, result that he ever had. He had these these interesting, you know, kind of organic dancing figures around the stage that looked almost like um, like red coral. I mean, if you know what red coral looks like, it was just the most amazing thing. And then the stage had this haze over it, which was not there. I mean, basically it was just stage lights. And in that haze was a, was a female's face. Clear, I mean, clear as day. Now this was 1973. And he spent many, many years trying to figure out who the hell that face was. You know, he thought it was Michelangelo at first, and then he thought it might have been, 
you know, he was all over the place, but it's a female face, you know. I mean, I remember him saying he just, you know, for many, many years. So now we're 40 years later, he was named to be at that event along with the rest of us. And we come to realize that it's Kioma's face, the hybrid female that, we're, that we've been talking to, that, that she inserted into this, into this picture, his picture 40 years ago. And almost to the day, 40 years later, we're at this event in 2013. And uh, now, okay, so that night, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. That, that night, that Saturday night, when I was going to present those photos to all of us, um, I had it on, a, on, I had it on a two, two modalities. I had it on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a disc, and I had it on a, uh, on a thumb drive. I thought, okay, I can't, I can't lose. Had my laptop. We hooked it up to the, to the projector. We hooked it up to the audio. All set to go. I loaded it onto my computer, the, the, um, the PowerPoint. It looked like it loaded. I tried to play it, and it's empty. Nothing in there. Just has the, it has the title page. That's it. So I'm like, all right, you know, do it again. I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. Nothing. Another guy comes in. He says, "Look, I, you know, I work on this. I do this stuff. You know, I've got, I've got my laptop. Let's try my laptop. I can figure it out." You know, it's long story short. Two hours later, we ain't got this thing up <laughs> and running. This is, you know, just totally stymied. So, uh, so we we hung it up. Everybody went to bed. So the next day. Um, during the regression, Stan's regression. By the way, it was Leo Sprinkle, right, who did the regression. Yeah, right? true. Yeah, was, he was. He was uh, by name asked to come in and, and do the do the regression to, uh, for Stan. Uh, you know, to get the information through Stan. So anyway, the question was asked um, by by Stanislav. You know, if this picture was indeed the same picture of these this female Kioma that we've been dealing with. And the answer was clearly yes, and I mean we, we knew it. But you know, when you think about what the ramifications are, you know, she's a time traveler, right? She's a time traveler. She she you know she knew that we were going to have this event, so it's basically confirmation. It was done so that it was a real confirmation for the entire group, you know, that that this stuff is real and that they're real and that time you know many different things on many different levels, right? Time travel, uh, the fact that these ETs are real and they they can do this. You know, she's presenting herself at, at these different ages. Even you know, like she's in 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 linear years. I think how old would she have been? Maybe ten at that point, nine or ten, and she's presenting as like a thirty year old woman. Oh. So she's presenting herself as a future her, you know, in two thousand and thirteen, and going back. To, to 1973, inserting herself into Stanislaus' photograph so that it can be discussed in 2013 at this event. Unbelievable. It's yeah. mind-boggling. No, so, no, getting back to why we weren't able to, you remember this? Yeah. Why we weren't able to, to show it that night, there was a stranger, and we, we were told on Sunday, there was a stranger in our midst that we didn't know, somebody that they did not, somebody came in, and they did not want that person to see those photographs. Somebody from the resort that uh, ran the well, resort. well, so they said, but apparently yeah. they weren't. Yes. Yep. And uh, and so so they prevented us from me and, and the rest of us from 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 uh, projecting those fo that photograph in particular. We the next day, we're fine. Sorry, Mark. We didn't get to see it the next day, though, which 
Well, not everyone because we had a, we had a full day, but you did though, didn't yeah. you? I mean, because you were you're special. <laughs> What's the Canadian conditions? <laughs> session yes huh. yeah the, yeah yeah i have i have the video of that wow you have like a, almost a whole massive story this that nobody even knows even a, i sort of knew a little bit about this but i didn't know some of the details you're getting into here i'd never heard it's fascinating oh, stuff yeah 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 it was um mind-boggling i mean really um you know just I mean, just, you know, even just my, my uh, you know, the, the serendipitous uh, events that happened that kind of led me to, to you know, to, you know, volunteer as a publisher for, for this. I mean, I had, I had read um, Stan's first book, Messages, in 2009. I mean, I, I was consuming anything I could get my hands on at that point. And, uh, and, I, and I really, I mean, it resonated with me because there was so much evidence and so many high-level people, you know, um, uh, uh, Dr. Claude Swanson, the physicist, you know, uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Stan's uh, book, um, uh, Messages, but there's, um, he was given these, these equations, these absolute elegant, absolutely beautifully elegant, super high-level, um, like Einsteinian-type physical equations, um, and, um, and he... Uh, you know, he's got a fourth grade uh, math <laughs> education. I mean, his math level is like fourth grade. So, so they, you know, they were certain that it wasn't him. And uh, uh, you know, and this guy um, uh, Claude Swanson, uh, who you know actually has a number of books out uh, on physics and and all kinds of things, torsion fields, and I mean, very interesting guy. Um, you know, did a lot of work on these equations and figured out what they were. There were time travel equations and. And uh, Einstein Rosenbridge, uh, you know, equations. Some of the equations were were um, were known. Most of them weren't. Um, so I mean, I felt the case was extremely valid. And I mean, all of these tremendous validations um, that I, I, you know, figured it's just, just no way. Um, now, and I was thinking this stuff before I had, had ever met Stan. And then, uh, you know, by chance, a mutual friend who who uh, I just happened to be talking to, then I said, hey, I just read this really cool book. And he goes, ah, I know that guy. <laughs> wow. You understand, you know, it was, uh, and I, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. He's like, yeah, I, I, not only do I know him, but, you know, he's right, he wants to write another book. He's got a lot of other experiences, and he doesn't want to use this publisher because they, they kind of ripped him off, you know. It was an international bestseller, and he made no money, you know. Wow. So, so, you know, I mean, I'm famous for getting into shit I know nothing about. <laughs> it's just like, I'm famous for that. 
I, I, mean, I had nothing, no, knew nothing about publishing. Not, not even the first thing, you know. And, oh, and I Mark, thought, I'll do it. <laughs> like yeah. I don't, you know. Mark so, Leon, um, I have a question. I don't oh, know if you want to start answering. Absolutely, sure. Okay. Um, so, did Audrey people tell you their home solar system or planet dimension or reality? Um, they did. They, they explained they, the reason for the interest of uh, Earth people. They, they, um, they did. They, they, um, um, the, the planet, um, and I, I'm not going to remember the pronunciation of the planet, 1,305 light years away. Uh, I'm not sure anymore where I could go back and look where in the constellation, you know, where in the sky it would be. Um, but um, they're in this, they're in our um, uh, uh, timeline. Um, the, uh, the beings that we were dealing with, which were uh, hybrids, um, basically um, hybrided from, from Stan's sperm, uh, a, an egg donor who we know. Um, you know her too, Mark. Uh, Grant, I'm sure you know her. Yeah, uh, starts with a V. Starts, starts with a V. Yeah. Yep, and um, and then uh, and then two different uh, ET uh, uh, DNA uh, uh, profiles. And the reason they did this was they apparently they're they're five and six density. There's two different types of ETs. One we called the Elohim, which were energy beings. They're six dense, six density, and they couldn't communicate with us. Um, so they, you know, and I'm sure there are many other, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm oversimplifying this because, you know, that's what we do, but, but, um, uh, they created among, from, among other reasons, these hybrids so that, you know, they're fourth dimensional. They had a lot easier time dealing with us and communicating with us, um, you know, closer to our vibration. Um. Is that your understanding of the hybrid program? Is that what, what they're doing? No, well, not, no, that, that's not, there's so many different, you know, reasons for the hybriding program. That's just this particular, you know, these, this, um, the ET, um, that we, what we affectionately called grandpa because he was so wrinkled, um, <laughs> was what we, what we believe we was from the Orion constellation. Um, you know, there's, there's all different hybrid programs. That's not, that's not the only one. Um, and really, you know, it's fascinating that the only reason they wanted this book published, and they used to tell us all the time, the reason is simple but daunting. It's it's basically awareness. That's it. Awareness of them and awareness that we are members of a much larger family than we know. You know, and they always used to say, you know, that awareness, the teaching of the awareness is simple but, but daunting. Um but that, that's the whole thing, you know, according, and I'm sure there's probably other hidden purposes, but that's what they let us know about, was that that's really, you know, that was the whole thing, was awareness. You know, and of course, what I found out in the process was that my own awareness, um, you know, in, in I had belief, certainly, but then when you start to deal with another, you know, a star, you start to deal with star beings, you then you have a knowing, right? It's like, you know, somebody says, do you believe you have a left hand? And I, you know, well, no, I know I have it. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's a whole different thing. Um, but, but beyond that, it, it literally, you know, the awareness of, of extraterrestrials changes the way we think. Fun, it changes us fundamentally. Would you agree, Mark? It has to be. Yeah. Um, so there's something. Yeah. There's something about 
that awareness that changes us and it changes us vibrationally, you know, uh, spiritually. And they know this. They know this. So it's not just like, oh, I'm aware of, um, you know, that there's a car parked on the street now and before there wasn't. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's very deep. Yeah, definitely changes us. Right, Ron? Can, can I ask another question? Yeah, um, I, I call it the theory of wow. I mean, you you take all this bizarre stuff. Do you think that's part of it? Is that they do this really, really bizarre stuff that you just it, they they sell you, they sell you that you are the messenger and you can't let go because it's like you, you can't believe what's going on here, like on the outside. But when it's happening to you, it's this. Uh, you're talking about the awareness, but they have to. I call it like the circus. Like you know, who, you wouldn't know who Jesus was unless he walked on water and fed 5,000 people and stuff. They do this really weird stuff to sell you on it, and then they want you to go out and deliver the message like Jesus did. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, you know, and I, I think that, um, again, there's there's such a wide range of, of people. Uh-oh. But I think that they realize that, that we're skeptical and that we, you know, they have to do, they've got to keep us interested. You know, we, we, uh, we lose, <laughs> we have short attention spans. So <laughs> we've got to do some circus tricks, right, to, to keep us interested, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And maybe, you know, of course, that's interesting. It's, you know, that uh, the, the experiencer syndrome, you know, where, where people, you know, uh, especially when, when experiences stop, you know, you find that people... Uh, will will uh will do things that that you know to kind of get that 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 rush back you know because um. you mentioned you mentioned the thing about the powerpoint that happened to me last year in and um laughlin for paul's conference they flipped they took 40 slides they doubled them then they took slides and they made them one is in nine by 16 one was in three by four and they took the audios and put the audios on other slides. And the guys, the guy that was doing the thing when we were doing the demo, he's saying, "Well, you made a mistake." I said, "No, I've done like power, hundred powerpoints. This, this something weird." And then Paula said, "You know what they're doing?" I said, "No, no, Paula." I went back to the room, reloaded the whole thing in the in the in the hotel room, came back, same thing. It was just I could not believe. But you, it's hard to explain the PowerPoint thing because people, unless you've done PowerPoint, but I was just floored. I could not believe what they'd done. Wow. And why do you think? Did you ever get any any sense of why they were doing that, Grant? Well, I, that's where I get this thing about the theory of wow. Like I, I, to me, the whole thing comes down to awareness. It's like why do UFOs have lights on it? They don't have to fly by. They don't have to turn the. We don't have lights on our planes. You know why do they do crop circles? Why? They're all this stuff they're just doing because they want you to. And, and especially if you're the messenger, they, they do yeah. this weird stuff around you because yeah. you just can't let it go. And if you sort of let it go, then they'll do something weird again to get you back in and get you yeah. hyped up. And, and you look like a crazy man, but but you're just sort of in your back of your mind. You're saying, this is for real because th I'm not making this stuff up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it works. You know, I guess it's a, it's a, proven, uh, it's a proven modality for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They, they, they know, you know, so, and they, and they, they enjoy, they enjoy watching us freak out too. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's the fun is, um, you know, when we finally got this, this ET that we call grandpa to answer the question of what they, what they do for fun. Like, do they, you know, do they, do they, do they have fun? Do they, you know, and he would always say that it is not important. I mean, over and over and over. So finally it's like, you know, dude, you got to answer the question. <laughs> and, uh, 
and he and he said, "We watch humans." <laughs> I was like, we were all cracking up, like, "Yep, okay, that's honest. We can see that." You know, a bunch of like knuckleheads down here, and they're they're, they're just having fun watching our antics. Have, have you had any weirdness fun. happen after Stan left the scene? Um. Not in that realm, no. Other weird. I got involved in other things, but but not. Yeah. Um, no, not nothing. Wow. Zero. Not another Audrey call. Once I, once again, I you know I've made it clear. Well, I want to make it clear. It was never about me. You know, it was always you know about me getting the work done. You know, so there there was um, that was very clear to me, and um, you know, and I was totally cool with that. So once once the book was published, and and the danger was out of the way, in the sense that. You know, they they realized that they were selling them, and you know, we sold a lot of them. Um, um, yeah, not a not a single uh, not not a single call. Um, that's not true, actually. I did get I did get a couple more. Um, yeah, I actually did. I actually did get a few more, but but not but uh, but but still within that time period. Yeah, yeah. you know, not. Uh, not, not lately. I mean, I haven't had a you know, I haven't had a call. Although there have been some calls, you know, that the the, uh, the baby mama got a couple of calls um, uh, not too long ago that wow. she told me about. Wow. Well, I hope you write it up sometime. Another question. Yeah. So far, uh, there's no questions. There's just been kind of comments. I think we're okay. eagerly listening to to <laughs> your stories, and Grant and Mark have been kind of. Coming in and out, so so. Oh, there is a uh, somebody's curious about Mark's experience with indigenous uh, connection with this topic. Yeah, um, you know, I uh, after my um, well, actually before and after. Interesting. Um, Two thousand eight was my was my first um, real. Um, um, deep dive in, in, uh, into indigenous peoples where I, I spent um, a month down in uh, the jungles of Guatemala with the Maya, the Quiche Maya. Uh, we were doing a film, um, a documentary on the, um, basically the Mayan Pope. I mean, that's, you know, he's the, 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 the head of the, of the Quiche Maya, which is about 2 million people. And, um, uh, wandering wolf, we, we called him Tata, which is uh, grandpa or grandfather. Uh, and he brought us to all these incredible sites that, I mean, you know, white people just don't go to. You know, it's just amazing stuff. And we do we would do ceremony and and really got a um, you know a real sense of, of their. I mean, they're so comfortable with the with the thought of, of extraterrestrials. You know, I mean, literally, it's it's like you know to them they're they're like their ancestors. Um, they have absolutely, you know, their their um, Quetzalcoatl, their their one of their gods is a, a you know was a, a white guy with a beard, you know, and and, um, and they they figured he was an ET. Um, but I've also had contact and I've spent time with um, with the Aymara in um, Bolivia and the Quechua in um, Peru. Mark, we should. Uh, do you have any more questions, Mitzi? I do not. Okay, Mark, we should uh, we should talk about your uh, traveling to Africa for a friend. Oh and boy! It's, yeah, okay. uh, I've seen the video, and I, I um, 
I it blew me away. But why don't you explain? It? <laughs> a lot more difficult without seeing imagery, but yeah, I think you can tell it pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, crazy story. Um, uh, a, fr a friend um, who lives in Alabama. I'm not going to name him. Um, he's in contact with uh, with um, uh, the Tall Whites, um, and he, he says they're from uh, Alderaan, um, and had been for a number of years. And um, he uh, he was downloading information on a on a healing device on a, on a um, an etheric concentrator, etheric energy concentrator that that they call Brind. Uh, and he called a Brint generator. Um, so I knew about this, and I, you know, I had talked to him, him about it. I hadn't seen them, didn't know a whole lot about them. Um, so, and him and I would, would speak maybe every three or four months. Uh, very interesting guy. Um, and um, I called him, and I, you know, we were speaking, and I, I said, oh, by the way, if you're looking for me in a, in a month or so, um, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to Kenya. And he, and he basically stops and he's like, so you're the one. And I'm like, uh, what, are you, what are you talking about? He said, they told me that a friend of mine is going to Africa and that I am supposed to build him a, a set of these generators and you're supposed to bring it to, a, to an African witch doctor a Maasai witch doctor on the Maasai Mara. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, crazy, right? I mean, absolutely crazy. But, you know, I mean, not any crazier than some of the other stuff I've been involved with. So I just <laughs> thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with it. Uh, and I said, so do you have a name? And he said, no. <laughs> I said, do you have a location? And they, he said, the Maasai Mara. And I said, uh, the Maasai Mara is like 30,000 square miles. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. and I'm like, it's enormous. It spans two countries. You know, it's, it's the Serengeti on the, on the Tanzanian side and the, and the Mara on the Kenyan side. It's huge, you know. And, uh, and he's like, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, you know. We'll have to wait and see what, what, what comes up, you know. So, um, so I, I was pretty charged up, but I thought, you know, this is, this is nuts. So, um, so he calls me up uh, like two weeks before I'm, I'm, I'm leaving for this trip, um, which was 2011. And, uh, and he says, I got the name. They, 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 they got in touch with me last night and I got the name. It's Mokele. And I'm like, wow. And I said, do you know where she is? And, and they said, he said, nope, you'll find her. Do you have a description? He says, yep. This, this woman has a, it's very uh, incongruous. She has an extremely old face and an extremely young body. So she has like a 16-year-old body with this, this ancient face, you know, and it's going to be striking. And her name is Mokele. So, uh, so he sends me these boxes, and they're basically, you know, maybe so big, seven, eight inches in diameter. Um, there's two of them. They're sealed. They have these... these um, beam generators on, on, on that, you, that you, you know, you, you basically put them north and south and, 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 um, uh, and, and in line with each other. And then you sit in the middle of this beam, you know, that you don't plug them in. I mean, it's basically energy coming in and concentrated. So, uh, 
you know, I didn't know a whole lot about them. He explained how to use them. He explained what I should explain to the to the shaman, uh, to the to the to the medicine woman. And uh, so I, you know, I I thought, my God, you know, what's in these things? So you know, I called them up when I got them, and I said, I said, so what's going on with these? I mean, can I take them apart? And he says, no, they're sealed up. Can't take them apart. So what? Well, what's in them? Is there metal in them? And he goes, yes. And I said, is there wire in them? And he says, yes. Uh, are there magnets in them? Yes. Could they look like a bomb when they're X-rayed? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <So it's> like, <laughs> okay. And so I take a deep breath and I thought, you know, this is just so crazy that they're they're going to be watching out for me. I, I have to just, you know, go with it. I got to go with the flow here. So uh, so I pack them up and here we are. You know, I put them right at the top of the suitcase and. We're at Kennedy Airport, and then I, you know, they, they go through, and I'm, I'm, you know, kind of half expecting a call, you know, Mark Leone, please report to, you know, nothing. We're on the plane, right, flying to Istanbul, and uh, and I thought, you know, okay, it's just going to go on. It's home free, right? Home free. It's just going to go. My my luggage is going to, you know, I had a connecting flight in in, uh, in Istanbul to to uh, to Nairobi. And I thought, it's just going to go, you know, it's going to go on the plane, just like it does most times, right? It is. It goes on to Nairobi, so uh, that's not how it worked. You know, we got off the plane, and we had to we had to check our luggage, get our luggage, and then we had to rescan it in in Istanbul. So now I'm in Turkey. Little different than being in in, in you know a Kennedy Airport, <clears throat> and you know I'm I'm putting I'm loading the luggage on the conveyor, and it's going up, going into this you know to get screened, and. You know, they had this kind of makeshift setup where they had this kind of chain lick fence around around their you know their machine. I was able to get around the back of this chain lick fence and look at the at the at the X ray um, monitor. So I was watching the luggage go through, and I'm seeing my red suitcase go up. And I knew I had oriented it so that it was going to go through first. You know, I knew exactly where these things were in the suitcase, right on top. And I'm thinking, whoa, you know. I got a little nervous, but, you know, I took a deep breath and I thought, this is going to be interesting. Like, what is going to happen here? So my suitcase crests, literally, you can see just the, the, the handle of my suitcase on the x-ray. And this Turkish guy behind the guy that's watching the screen yells something out at the guy that's, you know, the, my guy, right? That my guy turns around frustrated like, I, you know, I'm in Turkish. I don't know. And I'm watching my machines go through. And man, they had bomb written all over them. I mean, just like, I'm telling you, it was literally like coils and, and wires. And I'm like, oh my God. And so he's doing his thing and he turns back as these things work their way through. Literally, they're, they're, they're through. And he just continues to watch. And I'm like, my God, that's really cool. You know, that was really cool. Unbelievable. Those, those things don't work if they opened it, right? So no, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. Then I would have been in, in a Turkish prison anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> so anyway, I get to I get to Nairobi and I meet my guide, right? And I uh, this is gonna this is gonna be a long story. Is this all right? Yeah. Yes. Where you're for? So I meet the guy, the guide Leonard, in the hotel in Nairobi. We sit down, and he wants to know. Okay, so you know, let's you know, what do you want to do? And you know, basically, I'm working my way across the country to the to the Mara, right? Which is basically on the on the western side of or eastern side of the country. And um, and uh, and I 
said, "Look, you know, I have uh, a mission to do when we're on the when we're at the Masai Mara. I have to find a, a medicine woman named Mokele. Uh, I was given a, a healing device from Star People, and I've got to bring it to her." And he's like, "Okay, when we get there, we'll 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 find her. No worries." And I'm thinking. This must happen all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like he literally he was completely non-phased by it, right? So I thought, yeah. all right, cool. So, you know, we're I'm there for, you know, almost a, a month, right? So so we're doing our thing, we're doing you know, I'm, I'm on the I'm uh, I oh the, oh well here's this is uh, this is interesting. Uh, I had planned to climb Kilimanjaro just before I was gonna get to the Mara, right? And, uh, and it's a pretty, you know, it's a, it's a week long climb. It's a, it's a serious climb. Uh, it's almost 20,000 feet and I hired all the, the Sherpas and I mean, it was a big deal. It took a year to arrange. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at a bush camp, you know, a tented camp. Um, and this is, you know, a few weeks before where I'm supposed to climb. And, and I, I, uh, I wake up at 2 a.m. hearing this sound. Okay. Now this sound was like nothing I had ever. I recorded it, like nothing I had ever heard. It 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 was not a bird. It was not an animal. I mean, I was kind of getting used to the bush sounds, you know, especially at night. And and I heard this thing. It sounded like it was up in a tree. So I put on my clothes, shoes, and and I grab my recorder and I walk out at two a.m. And now there's a there's a moat like in a big circle around this entire tent camp. With a with a an electric, an electric fence at the bottom of the moat, okay, to keep the critters out. So I knew the moat was there, and and there was enough starlight. I mean, I could actually see. So I literally go and I'm I find the tree where this thing is 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 in, and I'm recording it, and and it's it's mind boggling. I mean, to this day, I don't know what it was, and nor does did the guide who knows every creature in Kenya. He was just baffled. Anyway. So I recorded it. Now I'm walking back to the to the camp, which I mean, it was quite a ways. I had walked quite a ways. I'm walking back to my tent, and I knew that the that the uh, moat was to my left, right. And I'm thinking, all right, all I got to do is follow the moat, and I'll get to my tent because my tent was rel- relatively close, you know. And but I but don't fall in the moat, right? Don't fall in the moat. Thirty feet away from the moat or so, you know. And and it's you know it's pretty easy walking. And I'm walking, walking, and I take a step, and my left foot hits nothing. I tumble into the freaking moat at first, into the moat at 2 a.m. in the bush in Kenya. Nobody around, you know. I mean, uh, I fell about 10 feet. Um, I did. A, I don't, and I, I ended up sprawled on the on the uh, my leg was sprawled on the on the uh, electric fence. The thing must not have been turned on, or they turned it off, because I didn't get shocked. I flew out of that moat within seconds. I was like, what the hell is in here? Uh, you know, I literally clawed my way out, and, and I got to the top, and then, and then I realized that I was really hurt. You know, I mean, after, I, after the adrenaline wore off, and I literally laid there, and, and there were animals around and stuff. I mean, there were, there were things that were jumping over the, the moat. Not the lions. That's the only. I was like, as long as the lions didn't jump over, I was okay. But there were herbivores that were jumping over, and they were eating grass around me. I couldn't move. I stayed there till dawn, basically. Then I crawled back to my tent. Um, anyway, what I realized, though, and I had torn, a, you know, I tore my calf muscle. I hurt my back. Um, 
did not want me to climb Kilimanjaro. No. Some, I, I'm almost certain that they, they literally dropped me into that damn moat. Uh, because I was nowhere near the moat, and all of a sudden I'm stepping into the moat. You know, you know, those You're very rascally, convincing, Mark. Rascally bastards dropped me yeah. into the moat. You know? so, uh, so anyway, I was able to walk a little bit. You know, I, I mean, I recovered. Um, got some really good bush medicine, you know, some, some good herbs that they cooked me up for pain and everything, and, and, uh, and that worked. Um, but now I, I'm going to jump forward a little bit that on the way, that the last night we were there, uh, last morning, um, I, uh, I had an incident that literally knocked my, my calf was okay, but my back was still a little messed up. And that was an incident that literally knocked my back into shape. Before I before I left uh, uh, Kenya, so they literally fixed me before I left. <laughs> crazy! I got hit by a boat. I literally got run over by a boat and pinned underneath the boat. And when I came up, I was I was fine. Literally, I was I was fixed. Oh, well, nuts. Anyway, so so we get all right. We get to the Mara. This three weeks of journey, right? We get to the Maasai Mara. And we're now, I mean, it was a, it was really not easy to get to, right? It was a long, long, bumpy, dusty ride. Very, just all, you know, very interesting, but not easy to get to. Got there, got to the tent. And I sit down with Leonard and I, and I explain the whole thing again, you know, that, that, you know, I've got these, these units from, you know, that were, that were given to my friend from star people and, you know, this technology and I, and his jaw is on the ground and his eyes are like, you know, he had he didn't listen to me in Nairobi. Obviously, he had no. So and he's like, he's like, are you are you crazy? I mean, what you know? He was literally going going nuts. And he's and so when he calmed down, you know, star people. I mean, calmed down and and he said, okay. He said, do you have a location? Any location? I said, no. It's in the Mara. And he and then he reiterated to him. I mean, I already knew this. He goes, it's thirty thousand square hectares. He said, you know, you're here for four days. He said, you, you might not find her in four years. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, look, I'll find her, you know. So he said, okay, tomorrow morning we're going to go. The only, um, I, I know I know a, a, a young warrior in one of the villages. This is not, you know, they're going to they're gonna come and check you out. This is not like a tourist thing. These guys are living an indigenous life. You know, they're, they're, this is not a, you know, this is not for show. But they know me. I know them, and I'll tell them what's going on. And and but they're going to come and check you out with their spears, and they're they're going to look pretty ferocious. They're not going to hurt. Not going to hurt you. Not going to hurt you. But hurt you. But they're going to they're going to look you up and down for a long time. So you know, couple hour ride. We get there, and uh, three young warriors in their red. I mean, beautiful, right? Red in their red cloaks. You know, and their spears. I can see them coming out. You know, we park far from their, their little circular um, village. And um, and they come out and they stop and, and Leonard has a word with them. And, and, uh, and then they get they look in the van and they are looking me up and down, just stone-faced, up and down and from the side, talking to each other, whispering and looking at me again. And, and finally they nod to, to, uh, to Leonard. And Leonard's like, yeah, they're going to let you in. Which means I could get, I could go into the village. So we walk a couple hundred yards into the village, and as soon as I cross the gate in the village, I'm like, uh, I'm one of them. You know, it's amazing. I mean, all of a sudden, smiles, warmth, 
Um, the men did a greeting song, and then the men go off and do their thing, and the women came and did a greeting song. I was like, you know, it was it was absolutely amazing, amazing. So anyway, they brought me to their their shaman, their their medicine woman, who was, I mean, probably one of the most striking human beings I've ever seen in my life. This woman, I mean, she was just stunning. You know, she had these yellow eyes and just this 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 skin, and I mean. Unbelievable. You know, she looked at me and I just, my knees went weak. You know, I mean, she was, what a, what a beautiful human being. Anyway, I, you know, through the interpreter, I asked her if she knew Mokele and she said, yes, I do. She trained me and she used to live over there, but now she lives over here, which is a couple hours away. And so then I thought, okay, maybe I got to make sure that Mokele's not, not like Mary in, in Swahili or, you know, that, it, you know, that it's, some, it's a, it's, I didn't want to make sure it wasn't a, a, a common Maasai name. So I asked her and she said, no, very uncommon, very uncommon. So I thought, this is my Mokele. So the next day we recruited a couple of, a uh, couple of the young warriors with, they, they wanted to ride in the van in the worst way. So it was pretty easy to recruit them. And, uh, and they basically, you know, there's no road. So you're just going through the, the bush. It's not, it's really just like grasslands, you know. And, uh, and this one warrior pointed the way. And, you know, after an hour and a half or so, we get to another smaller village. And, and um, he says, wait here. He goes in. And, and uh, you know, I expected that she might have gotten some dream or something, like had been alerted by these ETs that maybe this was coming, this, this machine, you know, the device. And, uh, but no, um, she was completely taken by surprise and, and stunned by the, by the whole thing. Um, but, um, as you saw in the video, she allowed me into her, you know, to her cow dung hut, which they all have. Right. And, and I went right. through the whole process of showing her how to use them. And, and, um, you know, it was really pretty remarkable. And I did keep in touch that one, the one warrior, um, um, had a had a, uh, a a sister who lived in a, the the closest village outside of the Mara that had an internet cafe. So he actually every six months had access to a computer, and he I gave him my address and he re, he he remembered it, and he literally contacted me and we still are in touch. And she's cured a lot of people with that device. A lot of kids. She's where she works with kids. That device has cured a lot of kids apparently, which is amazing. And it was designed especially for them. You know, you think of what all yeah, these things, all, how that all came together, Mark. Um, I mean, it, found her for two days. The yeah. set, really, really the first day we found her. Of course. I mean, you know, I had to just go with it. I mean, why would they, you know, send me, you know, to go through all the trouble, right, and not and not let me actually find this woman? You know, it's amazing. Probably Absolutely. a lot better than spending 20 days in a Turkish prison. So. I think so. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, Leon, we have uh, several questions. Did you oh, want to cool. read your story, or did you want to continue in your story? No, no, that's that's you know that's about it. I mean, there's other a few other little things, but no, that that's the gist of it. Let's go with the questions. Okay, a lot of people writing stuff here, and I see everything. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, Mark, did any of the ceremonies you participate in? Use and I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so I'm going to spell it A Y A H A U S C A. Ayahuasca, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. The um, uh, I did an ayahuasca ceremony in um, 
at Lake Atitlan in um, in um, Guatemala with the shaman. So the other question is, Mark, was there contact with Audrey's group? Did they share with him any with you any stories about their civilization awakening or joining galactic community? And how did they transition? How long did it take? And did they educate everyone overcame the violent and separation mindset? Maybe the history can help navigate it. That's more of a quite a few questions. We were always frustrated by the by the lack of information that we got. We asked a ton of questions and we and more times than not we would get this that is not important. Literally, you know, they, they were literally using us to get a message of awareness. And, you know, they're like, you know, these simpletons, they don't, I don't know, but, you know, I mean, they, they literally, uh, you know, I, I was, I was always frustrated by the, by the, the little tidbits of information we got. So no, we, we were never privy to any of that. You know, we were, you know, they would tell us some dimensional stuff like, you know, but, um, uh, you know, they did share a few things, but not a whole lot on their civilization. No. You know, and how, where they came from, when they, you know, uh, how, you know, what was their ascension like, um, you know, no, they, they wouldn't share that with us. Okay, uh, the next question is, um, how, they want to know how you got those two, uh, two machines in the first place. I think you said, but I think. My, I, a friend of mine from Alabama literally got them from this tall white race. Uh, I got the plan, got the, he's an engineer and he got the, like a schematic, a blueprint to build them for this woman, Mokele, for this, this witch doctor or, or medicine woman. Um, and then he sent them by mail, you know, to me. And then I, I, you know, <laughs> put them in my suitcase. <laughs> and then, uh, next question. Do you feel like the journey taught you things that you wanted to learn? And would you seem like they could have delivered the, the beams themselves, but they wanted you to take the journey? You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, yeah, I often wondered, right, like, why why me? Like, what, what was the point of having me do it when obviously these beings can pretty much do what they want to do? I, I don't have an answer other than maybe my own, you know, spiritual growth, personal growth, um, you know, maybe um, letting go of fear, you know, of the fear of of, uh, of being arrested in Turkey, who knows, you know, I mean, it, it really, there was a lot that I learned from it, um, and, you know, and I didn't have any personal or direct contact with this group of beings, it was my friend's um, group, you know, if you will, so uh, it's not like, I they, they never, at least not that I know of, obviously they were around during that event, because they, they kind of guided things, you know, and threw me in a moat, also, I don't know. <laughs> I'm having a hard time forgiving them for that. <laughs> when I see them, I'm going to give them such a pinch. They, they will never forget it. I swear to God. <laughs> you haven't seen them in a little while. I have not seen them. No, I never saw that group. No. So there's, <laughs> they were stealthy. There's no more questions. So, okay. uh, Brad or Grant, do you have more questions for... I had, I, had, I had written a couple down. You had the ayahuasca ceremony. What did you... Yeah. What did you personally learn from the ayahuasca ceremony? Um, it that was fascinating in its non-eventfulness. Oh, wow! I literally, um, 
And that journey was a, was to have a non-journey on ayahuasca. Wow. Really? Yeah. And, and it, apparently it doesn't happen often, but it does happen where, where uh, I got literally nothing. I, I was I was not uh, all I was in a, not in an altered state. Is that right? Wow. The the aliens are, are are doing that to you. They don't need to give you that way. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they're like, yeah, we got to keep him straight. I I don't know. Um, I mean, look, the whole ceremony was great. You know, it was the whole thing was cool. I mean, I I really enjoyed, and I mean, the location. Um, if you guys look up. Lake Atitlan, not very many people know about it, but it's just this, you know, it's surrounded by volcanoes and it's in this, this valley, uh, and it's just the most gorgeous lake, um, you know, really uh, quite, quite remarkable. So to do, you know, just the setting was, you know, I mean, I was a little disappointed, I've got to say, because I was certainly, you know, prepared for this, you know, major spiritual awakening and, and, uh, didn't happen. Two years ago, I was uh, I was at a um, uh, the UFO Congress, and two guys that they came both came from New Jersey, and I've seen them there quite often. They go to the UFO experiencers in the morning every every year, which is a very interesting part of the event. And uh, they had told me about their ayahuasca uh, ceremony, which was in somewhere in Brazil, in in the rainforest. And um, he was telling me about this twelve foot. Twelve uh, foot high black panther that walked alongside him in the in the jungle, telling him about him and what what he should be doing instead of the things that he is doing. It was that's what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so I have two questions. Uh, back to Audrey's calls. Uh, how did they start? So how did they? they yeah, well, that's a great question. The first one was about. Um, Three months after I started with with Stan, uh, you know, we we really were just working on the the manuscript and and um, kind of just getting the whole you know the whole premise of the book together and kind of laying it out, you know. Um, and uh, and I was at my office and I got a I got a I got a call on my office phone, and um, and I remember you know I was so blown away. And excited that I literally, I think my energy literally stopped the call because it, they stopped in mid sentence. So I, I did get some of it though, and they they had said that um, uh, that that I was um, uh, I, I was unexpected, meaning my entry into the field, well, their field. You know this this um, the, you know the um, they they would always say uh, past is easy, future is hard, meaning that they could they certainly. You know, they, they knew what what, what uh, an, an ancient past, but the future was still fluid, even though they kind of had an idea of a trunk line going forward. The uh, future was fluid. So they didn't see me coming, apparently. And they really, they were, you know, very much um, happy and, and uh, said that I was, I was uh, a surprise uh, to them. Um, and then, uh, and then I was, and then I said something like, I'm so excited that you're called. And then it just, boom, you know, I was like, I always felt that it was my, you know, ridiculous energy that, that literally just ended the call, you know? So anyway, that was my first call. I, I did not record that because, uh, I didn't have the wherewithal yet to, you know, to even know that they were calling. I mean, you know, that was the first. So. Okay. We have two questions and one is a live question. Uh, Brad, you wanted to ask Mark a question? 
if you want to unmute yourself, Brad. Hello? I'm working on it there. Thank okay. you. Uh, yeah, uh, Mark, it was so amazing when you brought up the, uh, the interaction with using an electronic device, the cell phone, that they were actually calling you and you could hold a conversation. Uh, last year, after the CE5 at Big R, uh, about uh, five weeks after that, I got a text message uh, by folks who aren't from around here stuck inside my grocery list. Every app on my phone had opened up. I kid you not. I did not think that was possible. And that was like 42 apps. And I'm deleting them and deleting them and deleting them. And the last one is my grocery list. And here's the freaking message right there. Oh, Grant cool. and I sat down and I showed Grant that message. And the way that voice was speaking, the phraseology and the breaks are similar to, though not exact, to the oh, way cool. that message was texted to me. And, uh, yeah, and I, and I thought, well, is it just me? But no. Again, this year, as we moved into the event horizon with Big R, I started, my cell phone started coming to life, and bizarre things were again happening to that. Now, I'm not going to take that away, but you just confirmed right. something that, that the other folks yeah, were, sorry, got, were telling you about. I'm, I'm going to probably set up so for next Monday. So I'm bizarre. I've, I've got a, but every time it happens to me, I always express gratitude here, so and thanks. There's this interaction. And then I figured, like, if I gave him a card. And why not? You know, it's funny because I've had some people say, that's ridiculous. They're calling you on your phone. Anybody could be calling you on your phone, which I guess is true. But but why not use the technology we have? You know, why? You know, I mean, they're smart. They they're going to no. use that technology. No, I was going to phone it tonight. And, you know, if you're I discerning, you can, tonight, you know, you don't this, want to, you know, uh, it's, it's, got uh, a friend of mine is Marco. Uh, I think uh, I was, I, I was, you know, actually I was not that skeptical on, because I had already been, been pretty well versed in, in a lot of the articles that had happened already. You know, this was not new. There had been many calls over a number of years already. So, you know, I had been reading about them in the manuscripts and talking to all these different people about them. So I was, I was, yeah, I guess I was ready for it, but yeah, it's a it's an amazing thing. That's cool, Brad. Wow, that's really well, cool. Well, the one thing that I that you've taught me is make sure I have a recorder beside me to capture all this stuff. I mean, this is this is nuts. To capture, it's really fun to you know to capture it. Yeah, and then it's funny because they um they would end up now uh, you know after a while they knew I I wanted it recorded, so they would they would leave me messages instead of actually getting me live. Which and I I mean I it's funny. <laughs> The one, the one time, um, I was always frustrated because they wouldn't allow me to really ask questions. They just want to get their their message across. You know, it would be pleasantries exchanged, and then and then they would just go into their me message. So I knew I was going to get a call. So I, uh, I knew one was coming. Uh, it been a, it'd been several weeks. So I, I got a couple of questions in my head, like I rehearsed them, and I said, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say hi or, or hello or anything. I'm going to literally launch into a question the next time they call um, i don't you know i don't care i'm getting frustrated i want answers right so so they call and what do they do now of course i didn't talk to anybody about this this was my in my own head going on you know and what do they do really quickly no time for questions and answers today mark <laughs> really quick I mean, I took a breath to ask the question. No time for questions and answers today, Mark. And then they launched into the thing. I'm like, fuck. You know, this is like, <laughs> sorry. 
So <laughs> you know that they're telepathic, right, Mark? They can. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. They, they knew. They were in my head all the time. They knew exactly yeah. what I was thinking. So we have a couple more questions. Um, oh, I guess three more questions. Somebody just popped up with another one. Okay. Um, let's see. Did they did, did they uh, talk a bit about the fifth and sixth dimension density beings and the whole uh, hibernation process? Hibernation. You're hibriding. 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 Hi I think hybrid. I think that's what it is. But there. Um, very little. Um, I mean, we knew. You know, we knew from Stan's regressions. You know, all his time on the ship, and you know how you know. The medical process and and the fact that he had about nine offspring, um, um, but they, you know, again, I, I largely was I was largely and we were largely frustrated um, in asking some of the more detailed questions. Um, you know, we would not get a lot of answers from them. Yeah, so no, not really. I mean, we knew that that the light being, which uh, which. Um, they had said that we call them and have called them in the past Elohim, um, which were uh, electric blue beings. You know, they were in the sixth dimension. Um, and then the uh, the Orion was a fifth dimensional being. We knew that. And the the, um, the hybrid uh, females were, um, were uh, fourth dimension. Uh, I actually have, you know, I'm, boy, I, should, I should have brought this up. Um, Previously, I might be able to find it pretty quickly. Would you guys want to see a picture of uh, one of the hybrid females? Yeah, please. <laughs> okay, uh, just bear with me a moment. Um, you know what? You could uh, maybe get a, get another question queued up while I'm yeah. looking for this. Um, so <laughs> I think you kind of answered this. I think you kind of. Can I just do something for a second? Yeah. I just want to recognize that Betty uh, Holdman's here tonight. Uh, hi, Betty. Uh, she's fighting a tremendous battle right now, um, and uh, we're all here praying for you, uh, sending our positive energy to you, and I want to thank her for all the help that she's... This place may not even have existed today if it wasn't for Betty, because she carried the ball and let things happen when I didn't know how to turn a computer on. So I have to thank uh, Betty, and I see her sitting there at home uh, listening in on the show, which is great to see, and wish you well, Betty. Hi, Betty. Hi, Betty. We all send it. So I have a picture here. I'm hoping, I'm going to put it up. I don't know if you're going to be able to really see it. This was taken in New Mexico. Um, it's from the side. You know, it's it, that blurry thing is somebody's pant leg. But if you can, if you can see her features, right. that is Surrey. Um, you can see, unfortunately, she was blinking. Her eyes were enormous. But you can see the, you know, big almond-shaped upturned eyes and see the, the brow ridge, um, you know, very small nose, tiny mouth. Um, she had uh, three fingers and a thumb. She always folds, she'd fold her hands. So you really couldn't see. But if you count them, your hands are real narrow and she would walk around folded like that. So it was harder to tell that she only had three fingers. Um, but... Um, and she had this this device on her, where well, it's hard to see, but this brooch that was kind of humming. It was, uh, I thought it was probably a, 
either communication or something. But um, we actually got a um, we got uh, uh, the the woman that she was sitting next to wrote us a, a whole you know cut two or three pages on this conversation she had with her and you know it's like the you know, just to make basically made her entire life this this uh, <laughs> sitting next to this hybrid and talking to her. You know, she clearly knew that this was not someone that was human, uh, but just, you know, a real loving being, very, very, you know, pure being. What event was that at, Mark? That was at a, at, um, that was um, in New Mexico at a, at a conference, uh, uh, Stan, Stan, one of Stan's conferences. Yeah. And she didn't and there was, meet with them, right? No, yeah. no. This she was, was before my time. Just before I got involved, yeah. Wow. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And Lisa Romanek took that picture. Is that ever something? Yeah. 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 Well, so we have some more questions. Uh, did Audrey uh, in the group ask you any questions? Are they curious about humanity? They know more about us than we know about us. Okay. Yeah. So no, no questions about us. Oh, we only ask questions about them, and, and we're usually frustrated by the answer, which was, this is not important. <laughs> <laughs> not all the time, but most of the time, that's what we got. And then the next question is, do you believe you have healing abilities? Your uh, message, message resonates. I often would get that, that's not important, the message, and it works uh, that it is important. Um, I should stop focusing on aliens and ships now, and I know that although I originally knew them as ETs in my past life, they are now multi-dimensional advanced beings and not flying on crafts. Do you think some of these beings are connected with uh, who aren't ETs? You mean connected with, with humans? Yeah. Earth humans? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think and so. I mean, I think connected with other beings as well. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Sure. We're and you know we're 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 kind of in quarantine here. I mean, most of these these star beings are connected with many many other races. I think. Okay. Is there uh, are there any beings concerned about the future of humanity? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, good reason. And, uh, you know what they say. You know <laughs> these uh, the the hybrids, uh, the uh, the Audrey, you know the Audrey um, entity, uh, Kioma used to say to us, "We're like children playing with matches." <laughs> All the time. <laughs> you know, uh, they'd get frustrated uh, with us, and they would say, "You're like children playing with matches." Yeah. So nuclear matches, I see. Right? Yeah, right. But I got an interesting story, and, and I think one of the, um, it's in the book, actually, in Answers. One of the reasons um, we were getting harassed, I believe, I'm not certain about this, is that, the, you know, uh, of course, this information is all is, is out there everywhere now, but this was fairly new back then, was um, uh, the Minot nuclear base incident, where in 1969, you know, we had information from uh, a high-ranking military official who was on his deathbed that sent it to us to publish. He wanted it out there. And basically, these two craft um, 
armed the nuclear missile in the silo at Minot, and then shortly thereafter disarmed it, like literally shut it down completely, like literally, you know, broke the thing. And you can imagine how our military did not want that out there, <laughs> you know. But basically, ZTs are showing are showing us, like, hey, you know, if uh, if we don't want nuclear missiles launched, we're we're, we're going to stop it. Okay. Even though I think that they they they're not really supposed to intervene, but um, you know, it's different when that when we're messing with nukes that that kind of rip the the fabric of time space. You know, it messes with other dimensions. It's not just we have no idea what it does, you know, um, but it, it literally is, that, that's why nuclear power, nuclear fission, even just producing the power is, they're constantly having to clean up the mess that this makes, the ETs, I think. Okay, we have some more questions. Nuclear power is not, okay, I'm sorry? We have some more questions, unless you oh, want to sure. finish the story. Okay, um... Do you believe that the beings you connected with, not the ET on spaceship, but are they higher vibrational beings? And I think you said that already, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as we know, again, you know, this is the information we got, that the, the hybrids were fourth dimensional beings, and then there were fifth and sixth dimensional beings uh, uh, involved with us as well. Okay, and, and then the somebody asked, an energy was an energy, uh, a light being. And then somebody asked the name of the book. Answers. Okay, and and, um, and I published several of them. Answers, the Orion regressions, and from my side of the bed, and they're all and all you know relating to the same case. Uh, those of you connected with are not aliens, ET, so. Um, I don't know if that was a question or just a comment. And uh, have you, have they answered you to do any, have they asked you to do anything perhaps encouraging uh, meditation? No. Um, uh, no. I mean, again, none of this, the information that I got personally was about me. It was literally all uh, to help me navigate the, um, the opposition's shenanigans uh, that they were constantly pulling to try to derail the publishing. So it was literally nothing. The only information that I got, like I said, I had asked that spirit, so, you know, the the, um, the recording that you guys heard was uh, at the end was them answering my question about basically going, you know, they said, go within. You have the, you know, the answers are within you. Trust your intuition. You know, that was, that was, uh, that's a classic uh spiritual teacher thing to say. Okay. Uh, if they are connected, uh, concerned about humanity, do you think they would intervene to protect humanity? Well, that's a great question. Um, they're not supposed to, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, we have to figure it out. Uh, you know, I mean, they're doing what they can do through awareness, which, which you know, uh, raises our vibration spiritually. So I think that, um, but as far as like coming and intervening, they've done that in the past and it hasn't worked here. So I don't think they're going to do it again. We have to figure it out. Okay, Mark, do these beings ever suggest we should stop eating or abusing animals? Uh, very interesting what they say about, about health. And this is not coming from my group of ETs, but another ET. That the question was asked, and, and um, what can we do for our health? 
and um, it was just you know brilliantly simple. The first thing was, oh, actually no, you know what? This I'm sorry, this did come from uh, this didn't come from the hybrid. This came from the um, the Orion. This came from the Orion. Uh, three things: one, breathe more deeply. He said, "You humans are all shallow breathers. <laughs> breathe, okay? As we all take a deep breath." And then he said, right, number two, um, drink more water. You humans are water vessels. And he said, we're not, he said, you know, and I guess contrary to popular beliefs, we are, we are 90% water. You know, I think medical science says we're 75%. He said we're 90% water. So he says, drink more water. And then the, the third thing was eat more high vibrational foods. Okay. So that's and live then, food. Live foods, correct. Live foods. That's it. Okay. And next that's question. Okay. Do you have anything to extend on that? Otherwise, I have another question. No. No. That was it. Okay. Do you think your African experience was a lesson in removing your fear of uncertainty? Like, we got your back? Definitely. Part of it. Oh, yeah. You know, but think about it. I mean, you think about... You know how where I could have gone with the fear, where I'm, I'm standing in in a Turkish airport, you know, running two potential bombs through the <laughs> through their scanner. You know, I mean, I could have I could have gone, you know, I could have gone into a, a flop sweat panic over that thing, you know. And instead, I, you know, I mean, I know they helped me too, you know, with my with my fear, but um, but I was not afraid. I was not afraid. Good. So yes, I, I'm sure they, they helped and, and that that was part of the lesson. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, next question. Are there any planets nearby with beings as primitive as us? Um, Did they share that? There with was, that there was, and, and they blew themselves up. Uh, Malona was, uh, or, or my, some people call it Marduk, but uh, our, as far as I know, our asteroid belt was a planet. And they, they were high technology, uh, low spirituality, about the same level we're at. Um, just to give you an idea where we're at, we, we asked and, and we, we actually got this Orion to answer this question, where we, we stand uh, on the scale um, uh, source being 100%. You know, so where are we on the, on the evolutionary and spiritual scale? And they started out with the Elohim, which are at about 60%. Uh, they, the Orion said that their group is 30 to 35%. And that humans, the best human that we have, the most advanced human is 1.5%. <laughs> Sounds like a great. No wonder they get a kick out of us. Sounds like we have a long ways to go. We got a long way to go. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have a sense like of owning humor. an ant farm or something. Really, you gotta have a sense of humor about it. I mean, it's like, an ant farm, an ant farm might be more advanced. Uh, stuff than you know, and then they could have just been messing. Yeah, with at least us. they work together. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, listen on your on your level of spirituality, Mark. Uh, are you a believer? We're all I'm at least the one percent. I'm at least at one. <laughs> I, I'm thinking you're on fifteen, but you know, I just want to. I don't want to say it in front of everyone. Point one five. Yeah, that's 
Yes. All right, go ahead. What, what's what's your question? I just think on the spirituality question because you have developed that aspect. I mean, Grant Cameron and I have talked about things where he you know, he starts from seeing the craft to different things to music to to consciousness and your level of spirituality and to where you've gotten from the experiences that you've had and where you've developed to. Is it uh, still a or are you at a uh, an issue of oneness that we are all one connected? Well, yeah, of course, but, but you know, I mean, um, I mean that that's pretty well uh, ingrained. Um, but um, I, I think um, uh, I think where where I've gotten the most benefit is um, uh, my ability to not take all this stuff so seriously, you know, especially at this heightened time in the political theater and the COVID theater, and you know, I mean, it, it literally. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's uh, we're 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 heading we're heading to an evolutionary, um, you know, uh, awakening at some point. You know, and, and and it literally, I think we go. You know, we can't help that. I mean, that's that's the the the, the inevitable pull towards source. You know, it, it takes longer or shorter, but but ultimately, you know, we're spirit having a a, a human experience or a physical experience. So, you know, when you've really um, uh, internalized that, um, it really helps with, with life, you know, and because you just, you, you know, I mean, you don't take it all that seriously. And, and that makes it, it it's a, like the lightness of being, you know, it, it makes it much more light uh, just, just, to, just to, to, to day to day, just the lightness. You know? So, you know, that, that, uh, that aspect, I think, is the most important for me. It has been. Okay, we have a few more questions. Um, did, are you finished with the answer you gave, Mark? Okay. Um, I think you kind of answered this, but somebody wants to know um, why was it decided to create hybrid women, and was it helped to save their own species? Um, there's certainly, you know, I mean, the greys have been hybriding for a long time to save their own species and, and other things, you know, I think that we, we know that's been established. Um, there were a couple of hybrid males in this group too, but they were not um, as advanced as the females, so they were not really able to, to, uh, to do the work that they tasked the females with. Um, so, you know, this hybriding is not an exact science, even for them, you know, so, um, and, and, you know, there's so many reasons that, I mean, that I'm not privy to that they're, you know, this, it's never just one reason that they're hybriding. Um, I'm sure, you know, it's multi, multi-layered, multi-dimensional reasons. Okay. Um, the picture of the blonde, is she a hybrid or an alien? And I think you said she was a hybrid, right? Well, she's an ET, certainly. I mean, she's, you know, but uh, but she is uh, of um, three different um, three different races, two star being and one hu and one human. Yeah, uh, as far as the DNA uh, makeup, so she's got two different star beings DNA and one set of human DNA, male and female, which you know, was Stan and uh, and B. Okay, did the ETs ever address a massive red planet intersecting Earth's orbit or dimensional field? Like Nibiru? Um, no. Okay. 
somebody said they're going to be honest. It's troubling to, to them that Audrey's entity would not have a respectful conversation with Mark or others. They just wanted to deliver messages. Seems like a lot of trouble to just coldly deliver messages. Why engage in questions and an why not engage in questions and answers? Humans may be primitive or youthful, but if they cared, um, they would have a conversation with us. I so agree. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I mean, limited conversation for sure. Um, yeah, and you know, I, they had more conversation with Stan than me. Certainly, you know, I, w I was kind of like a minion, I think, as far as uh, which was fine. I mean, I, I, I signed up for it and uh, and got what I got out of it, certainly, which was a lot. But um, that was always very frustrating. I, I agree. You know, although I, I really recognize. Uh, toward the end, I recognized how important that awareness is, was, you know, will be. So, um, so I'm thrilled that I was involved and that I played my, my part. So, you know, regardless of whether they talked to me or not and answered my questions, um, I still wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, yes, there was frustration there, but, but okay. incredible experience. Uh, this is a comment about the energy generators created for the um, Masi Shaman and um, these energy generators are being produced today and many people are using them. Some of them are based on Royal Rice frequency uh, discovered in the 20th century and I refer to everyone as, okay, she's got a website here. Everybody can look at the website uh, in the comments section. Is that Wilhelm, Wilhelm Reich? Yeah. Wilhelm Reich, yeah, Orgone. Mm -hmm. And there's also yeah. plasmatic uh, machines, uh, scalar machines, uh, in which you sit between energy frequencies uh, for healing. It's very similar, although I don't know exactly if it's the same, um, but it's certainly collecting etheric energies and, and focusing them and concentrating. So it's probably similar. And I, I don't know, um, you know, they, I mean, they the government uh, basically stole Wilhelm Reich's um, orgone machine um, in the 30s, I think, even maybe late 20s, because it was working far too well. Yeah. Uh, curing cancers and doing all kinds of things. And they basically put him in jail and, and took his, all his uh, research and took the machine. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of chatter back and forth, so I'm reading through to see what are questions and what are chatter. Um... Okay, does Audrey or other ET light beings ever visit Mark in his dreams? Um, they may, uh, and I don't, I'm not aware of it. I would love to say yes, but uh, I'm, I'm not aware of it. Um, I had some pretty vivid dreams that I, that I, that I can, but they, and they might have been them generating those dreams, um, you know, while I was working with them. Um, but they never came and actually looked at me, you know, like I never um, spent time with them in my dreams, at least not, not to my um, conscious uh, memory. Okay, I think that is the end of the questions. Let me see. Oh, there's one more. Somebody's always doing one more. Uh, Mark, are you, uh, have you mentioned the, the opposition? How um, much do you think the government knows? Oh my God! Yeah, that it's it's um, you know, I mean, it was pretty clear that it was this quasi-government um, organization, you know, very well funded, 
um, very well equipped that was messing with us. Um, you know, I didn't believe it at first. You know, Stan had kind of read me in on it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it sounded pretty, um, pretty far out uh, until I actually, him and I were together, and uh, this black helicopter comes zooming up, and maybe within 500 feet of us, and you could see there the, the filming, the video ball rotated down. We, they were so close, you could see the pilot. And, uh, and stayed there for a couple of minutes filming us, I suppose. I mean, they had the ball you know, rotated down at our angle. And, uh, and then when it zoomed overhead, there was no, it was, you know, basically a full, full blown out Apache, you know, war helicopter, you know, military without any markings, nothing. So the classic black helicopter. And I was like, holy shit, you know, it's real. This is really happening, you know. Um, so and then, no, you can continue. You can continue. Well, that's when I, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like, okay. Not everybody has one of those helicopters, you know. I, mean, it's, uh, I have had them. I have had them. But I mean, it's got to be a military or a you know a paramilitary uh, yeah. operation, you know, to have something like that. You know? um, so I'm going to ask people. You know, they're chatting back and forth, and if they have a question, please uh, use all caps so I know that it's a question coming up instead of just chatter. Mark, I, to, uh, I have to say that uh, Mark Cuthbert, I don't know if you remember Mark. So, of course. Yeah, Mark uh, came to visit us, my wife and I, at The Rocks, which is in northeast Scottsdale. And you, you were there once, right, uh, during the event. So uh, when Mark showed up, he came in the front door. We walked to the back where the hot tub is. We we're going to sit down and we we're going to have a drink and talk. And a black helicopter flew over top of us, maybe two or 300 feet above us. And I'd never seen a helicopter less than a thousand feet above us. And it hovered over us for maybe 10 seconds. And I said, Mark, I have never in my life seen that. And Mark is a really unique guy. I mean, yeah. you and there I you go. About it, wow. I used his, uh, his military grade uh, uh, glasses that you see at nighttime with him. Night vision, yeah. He's cool. flying over top of us. It's he really was fun, man. We had fun, with it. we had fun with him. Yeah, I really miss him. I'd, I'd sure like yeah. to have a. Another cut child with him. Very interesting character. Interesting character. Yeah, he sure was. So we have another question. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mark, have you ever read Whitney uh, Stryber's latest book, A New World? Any reflections? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I, re I read his early work. You know, very early work, Communion. And then there was another, the other, the next one. That was his first. Uh, but no, I haven't read any of his uh, new work. I, I spent a little time with him uh, and his wife um, at at these events. Uh, interesting character. Um, yeah, I liked him. He's unusual, very unusual character, but nice guy. Okay. Um, how about the abort phenomena? Any of that? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, uh, Brad. Do you want to, that was your question, do you want? Uh, yeah, that was my question. Uh, ports. I was, I was, I met with Stan last year at his house. I was talking to him about the port phenomena. He mentioned a number of different things, like things moving, disappearing, reappearing, falling out of the sky, that kind of stuff. Oh, 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 okay. What are you calling it? Uh, a port or manifestation. A port is when it moves around. Manifestation okay. is when. Yeah, when oh, God, yeah, that, that, uh, that was happening all the time. 
weird things. Holes would open up in the room and, and crystals would fall out of them. Wow. <laughs> All kinds of crazy things <laughs> happen. Yeah. Okay, uh, there's a question. As Grant Cameron uh, uses the term wow, what has been your greatest wow moment in your life so far, um, Mark? Hmm. My God. Um, there's been so many of them. Um, yeah, you know, I can't, I, there's, there's just so many, and I, 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 I can't really, interesting, that I don't have one that I can actually come up with. Um, I've had so many wow, wow moments in my life. Um, many, many. Great question, and I can't really, if I come up with something later, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll chime in, but sorry. Uh, Okay, um, um, not sure, but I think somebody's giving a comment to everybody. Um, I've had these black uh, chippers and other choppers fly over my head and almost landed in on the roof. Um, so they must be talking about the the, the uh, black helicopters. And whenever I sleep long, I get uh, choppers flying overhead, which indicates we... Uh, did a good job for that day. So, okay. And uh, do you recall your first otherworldly experience? Um, did Did you want the the person who asked that question to repeat that? No. Um, my my first otherworldly. Um, Yeah, not 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 right offhand. I've had I've had number, but um, yeah, I, no, I don't. I can't answer that one. Okay, thank you. Are there any more questions? It seems to be empty. I think people are kind of maybe working up the courage. Uh, Mark, oh, I have yep. one. How about in childhood, strange experiences? Yeah, none, none. Um, yeah, no, no, uh, no ET experiences that I know of. Again, I was fascinated by it, but I had never seen anything, or as far as I know, I had never been taken, or until I got involved with with uh, Romanek, that was like my first real um, experience. Uh, um, you know, and then of course I had many, but but um, yeah, and before that, it was just a, a fascination, deep fascination, and, and deep seeking of. of you know, experience of knowledge, but I really had no experience at that point. Uh, and then the experiences started to come fast and furious. But, uh, but until then, no. So not as a child that I that I'm aware of. Okay, um, I'm going to turn it over to Mark and Grant if they have any more finishing questions. We got about um, about 13 minutes left. If the two of you have any questions? Well, I my issue is uh, that. From the connection that we've always had, Mark, and all the sort of, when we get together, this connection and the interesting things that seem to happen to us when we do get together uh, are, are so special. I mean, and, and I was wanting to get you, it just seemed that you know, the stars aligned when you called me up the other day to say, how am I doing? And, and I'm you know, looking for someone to be a speaker on the uh, for, our, for our guest tonight, and it seemed to work out absolutely perfect to sort of come together because you're a very interesting person. We spent a lot of time together and obviously have a lot of laughs too. You got a great sense of humor 
And maybe that uh, thing when they flew over the black helicopter was something that dealt with hair. I'm not sure if that was uh, one of the factors. I had hair then. That's that's it. That's what happened. <laughs> Those bastards. Yeah, I wasn't there, so I I, I, I had know. a full head of hair before, before that. I, whoa, really? I'm calling my congressman. I'm going to yeah. call my congressman. Mark, Mark, can I ask you a question? Maybe if you, you want to get into it or not. Uh, both yeah. you, you and Mark were using um, psychics. What, what's your impression on the accuracy of psychics? Are they usable? Because I know I think that's where Mark got down the rabbit hole. The psychic rabbit hole was through you. Yep, yep. Um, well, you know the the psychics that we used were extremely accurate, um, and and not a hundred percent. But boy, I'll tell you, um, really, I don't know, Mark. What would you say? Eighty percent, maybe. 90? I had tremendous experience with uh, the people that I have been directed to, and that um, I continue to this day to talk with. I, I I'm. It was. I think Grant Cameron was dead right. It was one of the things that put me over the edge to say, "Hey, this yeah. is real. There is no way." I either they and I, the, our good friend Sandy, who, who we know, um, uh, I was looking for someone like her. You and I go out. We're going to go pick up some groceries for the weekend with all the guys that show up there, and we're talking on the way there. And we invite her out, and I had had a ninety-three-year-old woman trying to. She invited me to come speak to her, and she said, "I need to seek an intuitive." To help me sort of for guidance going forward. So for two years, I was meeting Reiki therapists and stuff like that. And she said to me, "When you meet this person, you'll know it." So anyway, yeah. Yeah. you you introduced her. She came over, and I booked her only for an hour. And uh, four hours later, I was going, "Wow!" I mean, the the concept that she immediately um, proved her proved herself to me that she had the capabilities. And I asked her, so. Um, I heard me asking you these questions, and I was wondering, where are you getting these answers from? I said, are, you're either reading my mind, because I know I'm the only one that knows the answers to the questions that I've prepared, or where are you getting it from? So he says, she says to me, I asked the, ask the creator, and he provides the answers. Well, she, calls it, she calls it source. Source, yeah. yeah right. That's it from source. And I, so, I mean, it was quite remarkable to think at that point, she said to me, you can ask source any question you like. What would you like to know? And that was a daunting <laughs> moment for me to start off going, um, okay, I, I can ask Source any question I like. Now, where do I start here? Like, uh, yeah. give me a second. You know, I'll let me think here. <laughs> what is the meaning of life? It's yeah, the... I mean, it was it was a daunting moment, but it was one of my awakening moments. When I look back, I said to you in that beautiful cottage of yours that you're in right now, uh, was one of the five moments of my life where I had a different type of an awakening. Uh, not from your snoring, by the way, but from the uh, from Sandy's incredible gifts that she has and continues to this day, and uh, trained along the proper path to make this world a better place. I, as I point as I pointed out uh, that afternoon, that was the NHL draft. He totally ignored it, which showed how much you were well, affected. That is saying something, Grant. That is saying something. My <laughs> God. That there's no question if anyone knows me and I studied the draft like the door tomorrow and the draft was in New Jersey, I could have driven to it. <laughs> and I, I, I can tell you only one thing. I was very happy that I met Samuel when I had that discussion with, with Source instead of going to the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, cool. yeah 
Okay. Have two two more questions, and then I want to end the questions because we're going to do some final talks uh, between Grant and um, Mark and Mark. So, do you remember your past lives, or how you got killed in a past life, Mark? Um, I've had I've had um, yeah. Um, I, there was um, not I don't know about my death in a past life, but I know that I've had I. Um, I guess the most memorable were the, the Atlantean uh, lives, and one of them in particular. But I, I don't want to get into, but, but that one was um, intense. Okay. And let's see. Uh, have you heard of any UFO cases that, uh, like constant contactees who suddenly disappear without a trace? If so, were they conditions just before they disappeared, or... Did they have unusual sightings occur just before the person disappeared? Um, I don't know any. I know a few people that have constant contact, um, well, one in particular uh, that's down south, but uh, he's still around. So I don't know any that personally that have disappeared. No. And then uh, do any of these beings have connection with Dr. Stephen Greer and his CE5 project? Not that I know of. Okay. Okay, I'm going to end the, the questions, and I will leave it up to Mark and Grant to finish this off. And we have, uh, we're now at 8.52. Thank you. Listen, I, what I'd like to end with is, is to thank you, Mark, for coming on and being our guest. Uh, this is great. Yeah. Always enlightening. I knew it would be fun and have a few laughs and stuff like that. We can get, In this world, we have so much seriousness. To be able to explore into these areas, I know you are an explorer. And to have you join us. Uh, and share these thoughts. We really do appreciate it. It really means something to 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 me and to all these people that keep coming here every month to uh, uh, to look at it. Our, our 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 group now is over 825 uh, people, which is fantastic. Uh, we maybe get a between 70 or 100 type of thing on the on the Zoom calls, and I'm actually looking forward to meeting in person again, like where we can get together and do something and uh, have the kind of fits where. You wake up in the morning, your face is sore from laughing. Those are those are really good moments, and it seems to it seems to happen a lot around you. So, I appreciate you and all the things you do for for humanity, and actually helping disclose the things that you have, provide answers through your books that you've helped with the Romanix. And uh, you're an all around good person, and I thank you for coming tonight and enjoying uh, and spending some time with us, and sharing with us. Thank you, Mark. That means a lot to me. Well, that's great. And we look, you know what, I look forward to the, the times we're going to get together because it's this time when we all seem to be separated. These personal connections, even as Mitzi has mentioned coming up to Canada, uh, we would love to have an event. And maybe this is something that we're leading to, some, some personal get-together where we get people to come up here. And uh, we should maybe even start working on something like that. Grant, I, I, owe, I, owe, you a, I owe you a visit, man. I definitely owe you a visit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Grant, do you have any anything to end with? Yeah, I, the only thing I was thinking of is um, you need to somehow get a link to this so that I can share this. I invited a bunch of people because I knew who Mark was, and they didn't show up. But I think this is one of the most interesting meetings you've ever had. And a lot of stuff that Mark talked about I didn't know about. I think this is a fascinating discussion that should be moved around because, you know, we've only got a few dozen people that have watched it. And it would be a waste if we didn't get this thing out on the internet. It's a fascinating interview you did. 
we can share it with you, Grant, if you want to post it. Yeah, because I mean that's just fascinating stuff that um, that I'm sure people do not recognize. I mean this is this is one of the because I don't how many interviews you've ever done, Mark? Have you done? You haven't done many. No, no, I'm a, I'm a pretty private guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you you got such fascinating material. I hope you do the book. I hope you uh, put it at least uh, article because I remember you telling me those stories and I heard them from. You know, from other people, the with the phone calls yeah. and stuff, and it's sort of like, uh, it's just so fascinating. People would would just sort of, sort of get more of the message that this stuff is actually real. This stuff's going on because you're not like a little guy. You're a business guy, very serious. You know, got a lot at stake and stuff like that. So I, I really appreciate your sharing the fascinating material. Uh, thanks, Grant. Grant, Mitzi and I will get together and we'll try and package this thing in a way that you can uh, post it somehow. Yeah, I appreciate it because that's. Um, uh, I really appreciate him stepping up and doing this. So do we. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. That was fun. Yep. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark, for twisting my arm on this one. Well, it was an easy twist. I knew it would work out well. <laughs> I'm sure, everybody. Hey, listen, if everybody wants to take off their mute and say uh, say thanks, that you feel free to do so. Um, spending two hours with me is uh, thank you, Mark. That's the longest I've ever heard you, you play, Mark Olson. Thank you so much, Mark. It was very interesting. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate thanks, Mark. it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. And Mitzi and Mark. Well, Thank you, Mark. So that was awesome. I'm grateful that you all uh, spent two hours with us. Thank you. We still have a uh, Two more minutes if you want to use it up and say any final words, uh, Mark. Yeah, I want to end with, Mark. What's important, you know, and what I've gotten, you know, the overarching message here is there's a, there's a few things that, that I've come away with, and that's, of course, that, that we are, um, you know, we're, we are uh, members of this, this galactic family, you know, that we're, we're literally all sparks of the same flame. Um, we are all part of Source. We are all created of the same stuff, and most of us here don't realize it. Um, you know, we, we live our little lives on this world, and we don't realize what's out there. Um, and and uh, there's a lot of these beings that really want us to join them. You know, in in the in this basically in this star community, they really want us to join. Um, and I think that's important. And of course, the other thing that's important is to is to you know go easy on yourself, be gentle, be gentle in life. You know, be gentle. Um, don't take things so seriously because you know we got we're we're eternal. You know, this is this is just a little blip. We are eternal beings, um, and um, you know it, it just it, it gets us nowhere to take everything so seriously. Like this is just the end all. It's not the end all. You know, it's important to live this experience. And not to live another experience or spend too much time dwelling on, on your past lives or other things. But I think that, um, so it is very important to live the experience, but I think it's also important to put it in perspective. Beautiful way to end it. Thank you, Mark. Beautiful. Thank you. And uh, do you want to mention next month's meeting? Next month's meeting is on the second Tuesday, 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. And Mitzi and the rest of our crew, I'll thank uh, tonight Mitzi for... Being all the being the orchestrator of 
of the night, but Brad also for help putting this together. And again, Betsy, Betty for being here, um, which is great to see. Betty, great to see you. And uh, we look forward to uh, our next guest. Brad, do you want to talk a bit about, about her? We haven't got her to confirm yet, but. Uh, no, but uh, I, I think just like you did with Mark, uh, twisting her arm will not be that difficult. Um, uh, yes, Madeline Miller, and I'm going to scoop Grant Cameron on this one. He, he snoozes, he loses on this one. <laughs> I've got Madeline Miller, and uh, she'll be with us. She, uh, she did some amazing stuff at Mount Shasta in 2018. Um, we spoke this year at uh, Big Arp, uh, Wisconsin, at the CE5. Uh, she's uh, done some astonishing stuff. She is a very, very powerful woman. Mitzi has met her there. Uh, I've chatted with her, and uh, yeah, she's interested in sharing a bit about Mount Shasta, the experiences, and her other contact experiences that she's had through a uh, rather short life, but uh, it's interesting, let me tell you. Beautiful. Thanks again, Brad. And Mark, thanks again, and we look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. What a pleasure. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank, Thank you. you. Good night. Thanks, Mitzi. Good night, Mark. Good night, Betty. Mark Dick Grant. Beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews books and my facebook sites are in the show notes if you love the podcast or learn something valuable we'd love for you to subscribe rate or give a review on today's episode if you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future please let us know until next time watch this space and thank you so much for listening